Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance. The Truth About Child Loss by the Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.renegadesoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. Welcome, everybody, to our Halloween Wednesday edition of Two Guys and a Mic. I'm one of your hosts, Ron Pierce, better known as RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. I hope everyone is doing well out there. Yeah, this is... uh, I said Halloween because uh, by the time we do our football Sunday edition of the show, it'll already be November. So we want to get those folks who have some love and enjoy Halloween. want to get y'all some, uh, some love. Happy Halloween. I don't really do Halloween all like that. Uh, I love scary movies, but I don't really do the Halloween dress-up mask and all that stuff. What about you, Sean? No, man, I haven't put on a costume since... I was maybe 16 yeah. or 17. The last I time I, I dressed 18. up, the last time I dressed up, I was Pete Rose of all people. <laughs> I was look, Pete keep, Rose. Look, that's I, keeping it sports. That'll tell you no, what. I had, I had the Cincinnati Red Starter jacket. I had the hat. And what I did was I put like stuff on my hat that was kind of like had like a gambling thing to it. And stuff like that. So it was kind of like on a fly. I had to, to, to make up something. So I was like, you should have had you should have had a batting list uh, on the back of a of a notepad, and under the next right. sheet, <laughs> had the whole like a betting slip or something. Yeah, but uh, Halloween is cool, man. I always thought that Halloween was just for kids, but it's kind of turned into more of a thing for adults now. So yeah, it's, it's like for the big kids too. I mean, I'm not big. Like I say, I'm not big on getting all dressed up. I know people who do it. I always laugh when people yeah, they do love it, it, especially when they do it well. Like, you right. know, some people do it really well. I'm like, wow, I'm no, I would have never thought that or that costume looks really good. I right. just ain't a big, I'm not a big put on a costume type of guy. Not like that, not for a party and not all that kind of stuff. And, you know, now with, you know, I have kids and I've always gotten into it with them. But that's about it. Like outside of the kid aspect of it, I'm cool. So right, and they don't uh, even really trick or treat like they used to either, man. No. I saw they they do it during daylight. I see parents driving them from house to house. Like Listen, man, better, we used to go out at like soon as sundown. We'll be out to like ten, ten thirty. Listen, you better do it that way nowadays, man. With all this supposed uh, child <laughs> trafficking yeah. and all that stuff, man, I can't leave my kids outside with yeah. another group of kids. Like, to but you, but you remember like, though, but like back in the in the 80s that was big too stuff kind of like cycles 
remember how like at the end of sure. you know with our cartoons they would have little tips on how to avoid getting kidnapped with the secret yeah. password all of that so it's really not, nothing new it's just that i you say know, that all the time sean i say that all the time like i don't think it's quote unquote more dangerous i just think it's uh more uh we're more aware yeah right. so so i don't and then don't the tv shows to touch on it too you remember that that famous episode of different strokes we don't Arnold? have that no more though dog yeah. we don't have after school specials and uh right you know where you your your big shows like you just said like a like a different strokes or facts of life that we used to watch where that happen to the kids and the kids actually get an opportunity to watch that see that happen to somebody they quote unquote know good right. times now they say it's too strong they say it's too much yeah. for them they shouldn't but be good, watching look, stuff good like times that, but... used to do it uh it was a bunch of episodes of good times that was like gang related and uh hood related or whatever like that so right right you know it was it, it's a different time but you know i think that's another issue that we have now it's a little bit softer nowadays um, true, very true. Well, just transitioning real quick, I guess we should talk about sports. <laughs> um, so this has actually been kind of a busy week in Cleveland. Um, you wouldn't think so with us having won the game on Sunday. It was a really good game, uh, an exciting game. Uh, maybe a game that didn't have to be what it was, but it was what it was, and we showed up. And we were able to pull it out. And in general, it should have been kind of a just just a regular buzz week. Like, yeah, we're five and two. We're going into the next week. Everything should be kind of cool, right? Not quite. Cleveland is never that way. We're never uh, that type of a football team. We can't do things simple. Has to be multifaceted and layered and extra and all that stuff for no reason. So as everybody has figured out by now. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, is out for the season. He has uh, an ACL tear in his left knee. Uh, Godspeed to the homie. Hope he gets back uh, well. Hope he gets back soon. But for now, that basically X X's his uh, his abilities and everything else, his presence out of our offense and off of the team. Uh, so there's been this, I mean, from the second this dude walked off the field, there's been this atmosphere of Baker's better without him type of, uh, type of thing that was kind of spreading around. It spread fast. That shit spread like a, like a California wildfire. During the game. During the game. Not even, cats didn't even wait during the game. Uh, and I know in general, we start out the show talking about our keys for next week, but I got to address this because I kind of got frustrated with some guys. I mean, I got beat up most of the week. I got beat up by guys that thought I was, you know, too easy on Baker uh, for him playing pretty poorly or mediocre most of the season and then having a real good game. Cats coming after me saying, I can't believe you would, you're okay with him having a good game against the Bengals. You know, I got guys telling me, oh, don't don't believe in him so much yet. I got got I mean, it's it's been cats been coming at my neck. And I, I think it's something that needs to be addressed. I also was in a lot of text threads that were like they need to trade OBJ because Baker's better without him. But I see an issue with that, too. 
So we're going to dive into that first. We're going to get into that first because I want to address it and I want to <clears throat> give my full uh, attention to it, but I ain't talking about it again. Same thing we did with the LeBron versus Mike thing. Once I talk about this, I'm not right. talking about it again on this show because I think it's stupid. Not that people don't have a, a, a good angle, but I just think it's premature. I think it's it's unnecessary at this particular point. So let's get into it. Is Baker Mayfield better without Odell Beckham Jr. Sean, I'm gonna let you have, I'm gonna let you start, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up okay. some things. Um, in my opinion, no, you're never better off when you're taking a weapon of that caliber off the field. Um, and I wonder if this goes on in other places that has high profile athletes like that, because I've never heard the narrative anywhere that they're like a team is better off without a, a star player, unless I guess maybe like in basketball. When you've got maybe too many guys that hog the ball or whatnot, and maybe there's no chemistry. There, you know, similar like maybe like James Harden and uh in Westbrook. So I guess yeah, maybe that conversation does goes on in other places. But no, um, I just think it was a thing where Baker just felt he needed to make Odell happy. And by doing some, doing so, he just wasn't reading the field. That's just kind of what I think that was going on. I don't know that for sure, because um, the book is still out. We have to see what happens in these coming weeks. If Baker, Baker just may have just gotten into a rhythm finally and had a good game, may had nothing to do with Odell being off the field. So let's see what happens against the Raiders. Now Baker could come out against the Raiders and stink it up, because now um, defenses are going to plan for them not having OBJ. So now the offense has to adjust to the defense adjusting to them not having Beckham on the field. So I think everybody wants to jump to a conclusion immediately. Everybody has to pick a side. So not everybody just been anti-Baker, they still don't want to give him credit and be like, well, um, you know, uh, it's just against the Bengals, blah, 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 blah. Um, then you have the anti-OBJ people in Cleveland too. That's been wanting to get rid of him. Now that he, Absolutely he, correct. You can have see how much better we know we are without him. We need to get rid of him. And the, what I see from his teammates is nothing but but love. And like even Stefanski came out and said that he's sick, that he's not in the building, that he's not out there, you know, with the team. So I think we just need to take a wait and see attitude. And at the end of the day. Um, it's about winning football games, period. And we you know we need to stop, you know, all this factionalism. I'm anti-Baker, I'm with Baker, I'm anti, oh, you know, whatever. I'm pro-Cleveland Browns, period. I don't care who's out there. Man, they could have uh uh Kermit the Frog out there at quarterback and Bugs Bunny at ride receiver. You get me a Super Bowl, I don't care. Uh, there have been years where Kermit the Frog might have been the best player on this team. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man, but I, I'm pro Cleveland Browns. Whoever's donning that orange helmet, that brown jersey, um, I support as long as they're giving their full effort, you know, towards the team. And I'm yep. rooting for everybody that has that that helmet on. Yep. So that's how I feel about the situation. Okay. And I listen. 
I'm I'm 100 on that, bro. Uh, I've always been a Browns fan. Believe it or not, as much as much angst as I felt for every name that was ever on that quarterback jersey, guess what I did? I might have known those guys stuck, but I certainly went into those games like, I hope this dude right. proves me wrong. I hope this dude shows me uh, different than what I already feel about them because I'm a Browns fan. This helmet, I remember when the logo was the Chucky helmet, the uh, with the with the with the single two bar joints. Right, right. Back in right, the day, right. I was I was rocking it. Back then, we've been doing this. We we don't we've gone me and you we've gone through four or five hundred players on this team. Pretty much, you know, and it didn't matter. We were showing up every year. Uh, the both of us, you and I, have been season ticket holders for multiple years at that stadium, at the newer stadium. Um, whether they were good or bad, it didn't matter to us. We were fans and we are fans. So I thoroughly agree. I'm going to root for the Browns no matter who is on that team, no matter who the coach is, no matter. I mean, hell, I rooted for Pat Sherman. Can you believe that? Right. I knew he was a bum, but I still was like, man, I hope the dude proves me wrong. No nope. course. Nope, he didn't. But I mean, it's, Browns, it's almost like some people want a certain person to fail just so they can be right. So, like, they don't I, want I, Baker I, to have I, a listen, good game bro, just so they can be right. I hate that. I almost think that's where we are, but I think that's the era, the 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 new atmosphere that we exist in. This whole I gotta be right, and if I'm right, that automatically makes you wrong. Like you don't have an angle type thing, right? Um, which I think is a BS. But you know, uh, kind of digging into this situation that I that I've uh, this question that I've presented. Is Baker better without Odell Beckham Jr.? So I'm going to give you some of the facts, some of the things that people have. I'm going to call them facts. Some of the things that people have said to me uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, Baker's QBR has, is much better with uh, OBJ off the field than it is with him on the field. Uh, he spreads the ball around better. You know, he goes through his progressions like he's supposed to. And I ain't just talking about people that I know I'm talking about even on some of the ESPN shows right uh, Fox you know I've seen it everywhere I've listened to other podcasts guys were go same stuff same stuff uh he gets through his progressions better as I just said his relationship with juice uh and Higgins and and Joku is better than his uh relationship with um, OBJ and uh, if Baker is going to be the franchise player then it's probably in the team's best interest to get rid of OBJ so I'm going to go into actual facts and to actual stats because this is a stat type of environment and I'm going to tell you something that I said to one of my friends again I, I cat's been coming at me for you know the, the bulk of this week he said that the most, the majority of Baker's passes to OBJ have probably resulted in the majority of Baker's interceptions. That could probably be true on, on paper, but if you go back and look at those picks, 
and I'm going to get into that a little bit in a minute. If you go back and look at those actual picks, stats, Jay-Z has a, has a great uh, and memorable lyric and one a uh, bar in one of his uh, songs. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Numbers don't lie, but numbers don't always tell you the whole truth. You have That's to true. watch what's happening because I can get a number to say whatever I want it to say. Yeah, numbers I, don't tell I, the story. Yeah, it numbers, don't tell Numbers only deal in absolutes. Only deals in absolutes does not tell the story yeah, about. Listen, if I got if I got a triple double uh by throwing the ball at the wrong basket, but all you see is me having a triple double, that's whack. That's whack. So I'm gonna give you some some factual numbers. Uh Baker's QBR does go up when uh when OBJ is off the field, he goes somewhere closer to 70. I think it's 72 or 73 uh, when, when OBJ is on the, on the field. When he's off the field, it's closer to like 90, 95, between 90 mm -hmm. and 95, which is significantly different. But the truth is, to be honest with you, we're talking about two or three passes completed. We're talking about maybe a first down, maybe a touchdown. But that doesn't necessarily mean because OBJ wasn't on the field that made it easier for him. And that's just something I want to point out. Uh, he does move the ball better. The team moves the ball better. He does seem to go through his progressions a little bit better. And I'll even go into the relationship thing. I, we all know that him and uh, uh, Jews, him and Jarvis have a great on-the-field relationship. Uh, he throws to Jarvis often. And Jarvis is usually his safety valve, uh, more so than his tight ends, which I would prefer he goes to his tight ends or his running backs as a safety valve, but he goes to Juice a lot. Um, but he also goes to Richard. Richard is another safety valve for him. He has a great relationship. He's targeted uh, Richard Higgins 12 times this season. Richard has 11 catches and three touchdowns. Versus OBJ's 43 targets, 23 touchdowns and three touchdowns. I mean, excuse me, 23 receptions and three touchdowns. So if you look at those numbers, what did you what would you say? Oh, he's got a better relationship because basically right. if he threw to Higgins 43 times, Higgins will have 44 catch 43 catches. You know what I mean? Like that's what people would say. That doesn't mean that we've all watched football. Based on these particular numbers, for every 10 catches, or excuse me, for every 11 catches, this dude's going to get two touchdowns. You think that's going to hold up over a whole season? Exactly. Rashard Higgins? Rashard exactly. Higgins. Especially now, Rashard's going to get more attention now. He's going to get not, a, Now that he's a number a two, the number two receiver. Now, so. the thing that people keep leaving out is what you just basically said and what, and that's why I said it the way I said it. Now with OBJ, I'll guess what? Those mismatches that we used to have, we don't have no more, especially without Chubb on the field. So now you're going to get teams that's going to start to load the box in. And we're talking about regular basic teams. We haven't even gotten to the really good teams like Tennessee, uh, the Ravens, and the Steelers that we still have on our uh, schedule. I mm -hmm. honestly think that the Browns are a playoff team or could be a playoff team. So even if we get through that gauntlet of guys, 
you know what's going to end up happening when we get to the playoffs. Guys are going to be like, we don't have to roll that safety over the top towards OBJ's side. They're going to send it. Who's your next best? Here, here are the Browns' best four players. Tell me if I'm right. Miles Garrett, Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, and uh, Jarvis Landry. Those are our four. Who? I agree. Yeah, those are. I, I thought you said somebody else's name. So those are our four best players individually on the team. Not in any particular order, but those are the best four players on the team. Two of those guys are gone. One of those guys is on defense. Who the hell do you think they're going to double team now? So that puts the pressure on Rashard. That puts the pressure on uh, uh, DPJ, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. My other guy ain't back from injury quite yet, is he? Uh, Is he? Yeah, he's supposed to come off the IR this week. Okay, so, so he's, he's supposed to come he's back. He's supposed to play. Yeah, yeah, but you're play talking somebody. about Kaderil Hodge, Rashard Higgins, David Njoku is another guy that could could cause an issue, but Njoku has to be <clears throat> focused on the game. Right. He can't be concerned about whether he's going to be here or not and all that stuff that he's concerned with right now. And rightfully so. I mean, if, as a professional, if you want to be on another team and you don't think you're getting opportunities – but this is your chance to maybe up your trade value, sir. Right. Showcase yourself. Showcase yourself. Show that you're worth exactly. it uh, to the team or worth it to another team. Maybe another team will call to see if you're still available. So we have to get that out of these guys. And if we don't get that out of these guys, especially within the next, say, three to four weeks, because uh, Chubb won't be back. So they loading the box up. They loan the box up. Right. Now, they are saying that Chubb may be back after the bye week. They Here's what I heard. And I, I, I've heard similar things to what you heard. But what I heard specifically from Stefanski was when he comes back, it'll be after the bye week. Duh. He was coming back after right. the bye week anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm, I don't, that was, I think that was coach speak a little bit. I got you. It doesn't necessarily mean. I like it though because it doesn't tip their hand one way or the other. Yeah, so that's a good way to put it. But I, 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 like I'm saying, I think it would be premature to us because if I'm them, I'm not putting that dude back in there the game after the bye week either. If I'm them, if he's good to go, so so that'd be because because by that time he would have been out four weeks. When did he get hurt? Did any nap? Yeah, so he got hurt. He got hurt against um, Dallas. Okay. So, so this is going into his fourth week. We have a bye next week, correct? Yeah. Um, and then the game after that. So that's been four, five. That'll be week six. I would rather have him sit out, simply because, again, just because he showed up, that actually gives you one more cat in the hole. So you're gonna go from say say six cats in the hole right now in the box. Chubb comes back, you're probably going to get seven in the box because you can't, they're, they're not so concerned. Who's stretching the field, bro? Right. They now, ain't concerned if, about nobody stretching the field, which if, is if, where OBJ's value exactly. really is. While exactly. everybody's assuming, oh, he's just a distraction. Yeah, he's a goddamn distraction. He's a guy that everybody has to pay attention to. You gotta keep watching that dude. 
Because if not, listen, Ray Allen wasn't the guy who was going to dunk on you towards the end of his career. Ray Allen was not the guy who was going to give you the uh, shake and bake and take you to the right like he did at the end of his career. But guess what you better not do? Forget where the hell Ray Allen is on the court. It's the same thing with OBJ. You cannot forget where that dude is on the floor. I mean, on the field, rather. You have to pay him some attention. So when you drop back and you got that safety rolling over there, and now you got 15 yards of space for no reason over here, just because that guy is on the field, stop telling me that this dude is better without that type of thing. We're getting ready to find out how much better Baker is because now you start to get into guys that understand that this team ain't just bad. You know, it used to be a time we were just bad. Right. They didn't care who we put out there. They didn't care how we played. They didn't care who the exactly. coach was. Now, teams are having to prepare for us. And we're getting ready to see how good Baker can be. How good can Baker be? You want to ask me? I honestly don't know. And I'm echoing the sentiment that my partner said on Sunday. I don't know which Baker going to show up from week to week. I still don't. He did this, not taking anything away from uh, the Bengals, not taking anything away from Baker, because all of those guys get checked. And they give up 400 yards a game in the air, and they give up almost 30 yards of offense uh, on defense. defense. But if Baker didn't do that, we would have killed the guy. Exactly. We would have killed him. Exactly. so he did what he was supposed to do. So why can't you doff your cap to the dude? He did what he was supposed to do. I'm not saying I'm excited and buying into Baker. What I'm saying is, thank God the dude showed up and did what he should have done, and now we're five and two. Doff my exactly. cap because we haven't been five and two after seven games. And how and I got there? Just long. imagine, just imagine if we would have lost that game. Man, three going going into the Oakland, not Oakland, but uh, Las Vegas game. Listen, and it would have been it would have been holy hell all week on the radio. I wish we could go back to what you said on the show. If we lose this game, I think this was last uh, Wednesday. Yeah, last Wednesday, right? If we, <laughs> you said if we lose this game, uh, the Sunday show is going to be nice, and that's not an understatement. That's actually a spot-on statement. If we had lost that game, everybody would be coming for Baker's neck. So when he does well, nobody wants to just say, hey, man, you did good. Good job. And leave it at that. Everybody has to say, it was good, but listen, the dude played well. He threw 21 uh, straight completions. Should have been 22, but they counted the, the spike. That was, spike. Spike. Yep. that was just a spike. That was just a spike. And, I, and I, listen, I'm fine with that because to me, it was 22. I think the whole show Sunday, I kept saying 22. Like, I skipped over the fact that it was a, it was a spike. I didn't even look at it as an incompletion because the dude completed 22 straight passes to me. To me. You know, just like I don't think intentional walk should be intentional. Like, that shouldn't count as a walk. I meant to walk him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that shouldn't be a walk against me. But I get it. It was a spike. It was a, so I meant it was an incompletion. Um, but I have to give the dude credit for doing what he was supposed to do because if he doesn't do it, then what? So if he ain't ever the guy, 
he ain't even a guy when you do it against a bad team. Like when, when Kobe scored 81 against the terrible, terrible Raptors, you know what all we remember? He scored 81. That's it. That's it. That's all we remember. When we talk about Michael Jordan scoring 63, back then it was the greatest thing ever because it was on the road in the playoffs against the Celtics. Now they're like, oh, and all them dudes was white and slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're they going right. to take the joy out of everything, right. dog. They don't understand. This new age folks don't understand the freaking game. Baker Mayfield has been the – if you look up mediocre in the dictionary, there's a picture of Baker Mayfield right now because he's been pretty mediocre all season. Sunday, the dude was pretty extraordinary, and I'm not going to act like he wasn't. I'm not going to act like he wasn't. Now, I don't know that that's the same guy that's going to show up going into Sunday. However, right. I'm going to give him his props. I'm going to tip my cap, and I'm going to root for my team. And I'm going to tell y'all, any player on earth who is better with less talent on purpose I, I don't I don't I don't even understand that sentence. Yeah, exactly. I don't even understand that. Like LeBron keeps going to look for talent. Doesn't he? He keeps going to find guys that can actually play and that can actually offset the things that would make the game easier for himself. He's so probably doing it right now. He's <laughs> right. So right. whatever he's trying to figure out who so, who, so who I don't who understand. Yeah, he's trying to reach out for guys that might not show show back up this season. He's looking for other guys that come in and fill that spot. So I'm trying to figure out if it's okay for LeBron to be better with extra talent. How is it okay for this dude to be okay with less talent? It doesn't make sense. I, I don't think it's just more. A lot of it's just because um, Odell Beckham Jr. is just a polarizing figure. And people just because he can be flamboyant at times, people just don't. Either you love him or you hate him. Kind of like not, not not to put him in a Floyd Mayweather category, but Floyd but similar. can be a little but similar. Uh, I get that. flamboyant and stuff like that. So no matter what Floyd does, the people who don't like Floyd, they're gonna always have something. It's the same thing with LeBron. Something, something to say. It's the same thing with LeBron. There's people who who don't like LeBron. And no matter what LeBron does, people who don't like Mike, no matter what Mike does, it's going to be a critic that second guesses or undermines whatever great thing or good thing that those guys uh, have accomplished. It's, it's hard, like when human and with human nature for like polarizing issues, period. It's hard for people to be objective when it comes to polarizing figures and polarizing issues. You can see it now with our political situation. Um, yeah. Look like Donald Trump. Donald Trump can come out right now and hand out $3 million checks to every American. And you're gonna have people that say, um, they're gonna find a way to detract from that. While and, they stand in line and get that joint uh, cash, by the way. Right. So, I mean, it, just the times that we live in, and I try to, ignore it as much as possible like i hate getting in these debates now especially when you're not going to be logical about and, it rational about the, wait, the art. i'm sorry i'm sorry use that l word you just use again uh, I, I don't i don't i don't know what the hell it is say it again <laughs> it's like logical logic i logic. mean damn but everybody you 
you've been the biggest proponent outside of myself of this new age, new era of sports fan, the, the microwave, ESPN, stat field uh, group of people that we exist upon, uh, excuse me, exist in right now. We don't have a bunch of people that are actually spend the time watching the games and being in the games and trying to learn the games. We just look at, oh, Aaron Rodgers had 300 yards, 320 yards, four touchdowns. But you don't realize that he had three straight three and outs that almost cost the team the game. So, yeah, his stats look great, but let's talk about what actually happened. Yeah, what actually happened during the game. Exactly. So, um, we're going to see. I'm taking this season one game at a time. Like I said, I'm not going to get too high too high with the high and not too low with the lows. Um, try to block out all the, the, black the negative out the stuff noise. as much as possible. Black out the noise. And and, uh, and go ahead and, and enjoy the ride as much as I you know, oh. possibly can, man. And real quick, before we move on to our keys for the game, because we haven't even gotten to the keys of the game. I just had to get that off my chest because I'm sick of people. Right. Um, I also would like to hear, and I, I'm not talking about this anymore on the show either, uh, the folks that believe that OBJ is a distraction and that he's only out for self and that he's only concerned with his angle, blah, blah, yada, yada, and such and such. So on Sunday, uh, Baker said he went in the locker room. They went in the locker room at halftime and OBJ was on the trainer's table and guys was, you know, filtering in, just giving up love. Miles Garrett gave a shout out, uh, Larry Oak and Joby gave a shot all, all on their uh, Instagram. You can go check it out if you think I'm bullshitting. They all gave this dude a shout out. Of course, Juice did, but they all gave this dude a shout out. Why, if he's such a bad teammate, number one. Number two, uh, Baker and Donovan Peoples-Jones both said, the dude looked me squarely in the face and told me to go out there and be great. Both of them said the exact same thing. Now, why would he tell another wide receiver to go out there and be great if he wasn't about to take. Why would he tell his quarterback, who he don't get along with, to go out there and be great if there was an issue there? And bigger than that, after when Baker threw that interception, if he was all about himself, he wouldn't have tried to make that tackle. He wouldn't have tried to make the tackle. I was wondering why he did a kamikaze and jumped into the pile. Well, I don't know. what You know <laughs> what? When I went back and I looked at the um, – Cause I was thinking the same thing. I was with every pretty much everybody else. It looked like, why were you trying to jump at, at these guys? Because it made no sense, but they showed a, a behind. So coming from uh, the angle from the, where the Browns were going. So mm. the, the, pick, the pick is going this uh, is the pass is coming this way. The pick is going to go back towards this way. So I'm looking at it from behind. And you can see he was chasing the play down. And as he was going to make a tackle, he tried to plant his leg to make a tackle. And his leg buckled. And when it buckled, he did he jumped like, oh. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like a jump, like, oh, what was that? You know, like I can't keep my foot like this no more. And he ended up kind of toppling over. Um Keyshawn Johnson said something similar, like he wasn't. He wasn't sure, you know, what was going on. He couldn't figure out where the injury particularly happened, but maybe Keyshawn didn't see that um, 
that view, but he did have a, a, a key point. Maybe he hurt that thing. Maybe it was partially torn anyway. Okay, you know, maybe man. he was just playing through it and trying to trying to play through it and ended up tearing it. I mean, we'll we'll never know 100 percent but you know, Baker is is a is a class guy. He keeps showing me that he's a little classier than people give him credit for. He wouldn't even address that. I was watching his interview today. They were asking him to do they think he's a better quarterback without OBJ. He flat out, he flat out said, I'm not answering that. That's just flat, that's just disrespectful. I'm not even, I'm not about to do that with y'all. And he moved on to the next question. So that's that's how simple y'all sound saying that kind of stuff. Baker won't even address it. And I know that 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 ain't gonna dissuade most people. <laughs> they still right. they still gonna be like, well, he ain't wanna not say nothing because we know it's the truth. The truth is right. we all understand what it is. You can't be look, James Worthy would never say he was better without magic. Scottie Pippen would never say he was better without uh Mike. Mike probably wouldn't say he was better without Scotty. He's actually said he wasn't. He said he needed Scotty. If LeBron said he could have won a championship in Cleveland without uh, Kyrie or vice versa, they both lying. <laughs> right. They both are lying. So you need that other guy. I don't understand why people think we don't need that other guy. But I got that. I think I got that off my chest. Yes, you I did. Hope I, I think I, I, hope I got, got that all the way off the chest. I was irritated. You know, I... I it's crazy because I anticipated Sean to be the most irritated person on this show. We're 13 episodes in, and I've been the most irritated person on this show. <laughs> man, I tr- man, you know what? And, and and not to get all off on a tangent, I just changed my view on a, on a whole lot of things, man. And and the thing is, like even in life, like some things just ain't worth getting irritated over no more. You know what? You I, know what I'm saying? Now, now, now this is not I to say. That. I, don't I don't disagree. I, this is not to say I don't I don't have bad days where I'm where I'm not irritated. No, I get very irritated. It's just that now when I feel myself going there, I take a step back, breathe. I, listen, like, is bro. it worth is it worth the argument? Is it worth getting upset about? And if I deem it no, I kind of I, just kind of fall back on it. I agree with you, and I've been there for a while. Actually, I I don't get as mad as I could have or that I that I used to get. I don't get mad. I don't get as mad as I could have gotten, and I don't get as mad as I used to get. I'm pretty mellow, but there are certain things that get under my get under right. my, my my craw, and I just I'm just like, come on, man. So I have to find a way to 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 let it out in a in a more productive way. Can't always right. last out. Can't always yell. And I, I try to I try to really put my stuff, my emotions in a well concise uh, sentence structure, et cetera, et cetera, which is tougher than just yelling and screaming and calling people stupid, which is what you kind of want to do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but I digress, uh, folks. I've, I'm a college educated veteran. And I should probably handle myself in a much better way. <laughs> so <laughs> I, <laughs> I've tried to uh, grow the hell up and respond in, in a like way. So um, I, I think we're done with the rant. I had to get that rant off. I, I needed to get that rant off. I hope all of those people who had something to say or 
questions that, you know, about the thing. No, I haven't. I'm not going to not criticize Baker. I've always criticized Baker, and I'm not 100% sure which Baker we're going to see on Sunday, especially yeah, after being criticized when, when, it's, when it's time to criticize, but we give When it's time. I'm not going to. We're not yeah. going to un, unequivocally criticize cats, like, just because. We, we try not to do that. Um, we try to be fair. Baker hasn't been consistent this year. And now he may have lost a little bit of his chip as we move into the keys uh, for this Las Vegas Raiders game. I'm going to ask Sean this because I've been talking for about, seems like, two or three hours. Um, <laughs> Sean, <laughs> as we move into this, into this game, uh, Baker has been named AFC Player of the Week. All right. Do you think pieces and parts, because you, you've alluded to this before, that you believe that Baker has to play with a chip on his shoulder. Do you think he's losing an edge with being named the AFC Player of the Week? And then going oh, to no, not at all, not at all, because there's enough people still detracting from him this week, saying, like you said it earlier, that it was just against Cincinnati. It's a bad defense. Um, you're playing better without OBJ. Blah 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 blah. Still a lot of negativity, and I think he knows there's work still to be done. So so no, um, I think he's a uh, Still has that chip on his shoulder, and I think he'll show up this week. Okay. Uh, going to your keys of the, of the game, bro. Okay. Um, the Raiders, I was trying to look up and see where the Raiders were ranked defensively, and I should have had this all together, but I didn't. But I know that they're one of the worst. They might be, like, right next to Cincinnati as far as, um, you know, one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, so that's their definitely pass defense. Their pass defense isn't that great. Their run you know, defense isn't. I think their run defense is worse than their pass defense. If right. that makes any sense. Right. So, uh, with that being said, uh, I think it's a game we have to come out, be aggressive, attack, still focus on the run game. But if you see holes in that defensive secondary, um, attack. You know, we still have weapons. Um, like these tight ends, like Brian, are starting to show up. Yeah, he looks really good yeah. um still got Jarvis you know Higgins looks good Kareem Hunt so, I, so that that's definitely an advantage to us now on the flip side the thing that worries me on the other end of course is our defense and their tight end um Darren Waller uh who's one of the best tight ends monster, monster. The Browns haven't been able to really guard a tight end since ever. I don't know ever you know, so that part of it worries me. But, you know, my keys are, um, one, I need Baker to have another game like he had against Cincinnati. I just want to see that confident Baker. Um, I think we're going to need a bigger game out of Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has kind of been – he's done okay. Hasn't had that really um, breakout performance yet. And I think he's due. I think he's due for one. So I want to see that from Kareem. And then the other thing I want to see, I want to see somebody else on that defensive line step up and help Miles Garrett. Um, I do see Vernon flash at times, but they're not getting there. I want to see someone else take that pressure off of Miles Garrett so they can't sit there and triple team him all game. So that's kind of what I'm looking for going into Sunday's matchup against the damn Raiders. Okay. Um... Again, 
you are we 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 think too much alike at times because you kind of hit on pretty much all of my all of my expectations of uh, whatever whatever we need to do going into this game. So I think that one of the keys is since we've just talked about it so much, the relationships that Baker Mayfield has with his receivers is going to be key this week. So he's going to have a lot of Rashard Higgins. He's going to have a lot of uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's going to have a lot of uh, Jarvis Landry. He's going to have a lot of his guys that he's uh, used to having on the uh, field and guys that he's used to having a solid on the field relationship with, uh, including David and Joku. Uh, they'll be on the field a lot. I really honestly uh, touching on the tight end uh, aspect of that. I think he's developing a pretty solid uh, relationship with Harrison uh, Bryant. Uh, I think that's starting to, to really gel. And I like what I see in Harrison Bryant on and off the ball. Like this kid is really good. I think he's going to be, I hope he's going to be around for a while. I mean, this dude is a rookie and you could just see the right. ability in him just watching him. So to watch him mature and, and learn how to really move on a football field, it's going to be interesting. We haven't had a player like that in a long time. Damn sure not in a uh, in a uh, tight end role. So it'll be interesting to watch him develop as a as a player as we continue to go. So I think our relationships or the relationships rather between uh, the quarterback Baker Mayfield and our receivers will uh, need to be ex uh, exploited and, and and utilized in this particular game. Uh, as I, as I mentioned, their defensive backfield is, it's not, but they're not bad um, from a pass standpoint. But I, I think because the focal point will be trying to prove if Baker can beat them with their arm again, right? because he's been inconsistent, we'll, we'll probably get a lot of one-on-ones or a lot of zones uh, that he can exploit if, and, and it would be great if he can. I, I want to see him be able to exploit uh, different matchups. Uh, secondly, uh, you touched on this, but the run game, Kareem has to be the guy again. He ran really, really well last week. Not superiorly, uh, but he ran well. He was, he was uh, enough of a distraction that it kept the, the, the Bengals at bay. The Raiders defense gives up close to uh, four and a half yards per carry. So you would like to see uh, Kareem be able to exploit some of that. I think he will. I know he's been a little bit injured, but he ran really hard last week. It ain't going to show up in the stats, but he ran really hard last week. Right. I can see a little more energy in him than I saw in uh, the game uh, against the Steelers. He just looked a little more energized. Um, and I think just like anything else, more, uh, more repetitions. So he's getting more carries, more touches, stuff like that. I think he'll just get better as those repetitions and as those touches uh, accumulate. So right. but, I, but I need him to show up uh, this week. And then uh, defensively, 
you know, Derek Carr is very, very inconsistent. He's a lot like Baker. He'll have a really good game and or, or honestly, honestly, he'll have two good games, three good games. You know, I've spent the last two and a half years, I've said this a few times, in Vegas. So I've watched a lot of Raiders games over the last two and a half years. And this dude will have two or three really, really good games and legitimately fall off a cliff. Like he's super inconsistent. Right. right. The problem, I agree with you 100%. The problem is, for us, the problem is our defensive backfield. Our defensive backfield stinks. Uh, and not always because we just stink in terms of talent. I think our scheme isn't good enough all the time. Uh, again, to echo what you were saying, we're a one-man wrecking crew right now uh, up front. It's all Miles Garrett or nobody gets nowhere near the quarterback. And that has to change and it needs to change and it we need to start trying to figure out a way to change it if right. we can. And one thing they um, did do last week, they brought a couple of corner blitzes. Uh, I think Kevin Johnson, did he get two sacks? I know he got he one, one second, sure. But I think I another, there's another two. one where they got close. It might have been Ronnie Harrison that got the other one. Uh, I, I know Harrison, a couple yeah, of – Well, you're right. Yeah, I, I think, knew it was I a think defensive Harrison back. So I like those wrinkles that they're bringing. Um, it used to be back in the day, remember the Browns would bring a safety blitz from Akron, and the safety would never get there because he's coming from too far. Yeah, by the time he got there, there was an open right. space in the, in, the, uh, in the defensive backfield, and that meant a touchdown. Exactly. Or first down. But they seem to be doing a little bit smart, you know, being a little bit smarter with that. Because I don't want to be too hard on Joe Woods. Like, I don't like the scheme that he's running. But he's also running a scheme based on the personnel that he has. No, so I'm just keeping that into account, too. Um, I, haven't, and, I haven't killed him. Right. And the defense has kept us in games. They made some timely turnovers. They get at yeah. least one, one or two a game that puts us in a good position to score. So... If if Miles can open up the script club, you know, <laughs> we are per usual, we're in business. Because even if you don't get the 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 coverage on the sack, I mean, excuse me, on the fumble, you still are probably about what eight to ten yards uh yeah, behind right. the line of scrimmage. Exactly. In general, just in general, averagely. So I mean, if, if Miles can beat Miles on three or four plays and really disrupt, and I mean, he's Miles on every play, but I mean, really get back there and really disrupt on like four to five plays, which is what he's averaging about right now because he's had a couple sacks per game. Um, I think he's on a six-game sack, six games in a row with a sack. Uh, Seven. Seven is a seven now. Yeah, okay. he had a, he's had at least one sack every game, right? My bad. So he's got seven straight sacks, uh, and well, seven sacks and, and seven straight games. Um, not to mention uh, him opening the script club. So he's you know got the four uh, strip sacks, and you're right, Olivier Vernon is generally in the backfield a lot. Here's the difference between what. Uh, Miles Garrett is at what is Miles like 24? This Something is like the difference that. between yeah. uh, Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon, who's like 29, 30. 
<laughs> at 29, 30, this dude can't handle two guys. So when 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 there's a a, a chip on Olivier Vernon, he ain't getting to that guy. Like that just he's just done. Whereas this dude taking on two, three, four guys, I literally heard uh I can't remember who was who was calling the game, but I literally heard them call Miles Garrett. They're like he's he looks like the second coming of Bruce Smith. Yeah, first of, all, do you know, first of all, do you know how premature that statement is? And secondly, do you know how huge <laughs> that statement is? Right. I mean, to say this, anybody, anybody, anywhere is like Bruce Smith, and it's not actually Bruce Smith, it's crazy. You know what else is crazy, though? Like, already, Miles Garrett is something like fourth all-time on a Brown sack list. Well, like, like, he just passed. Who did he just pass? He just passed Carl Harrison. Uh, big big right. Big the next dad. up is uh, Rob Burnett. Oh, my man. My man. Big Rob. Right. So he's – so they said probably at this pace by sometime next year, he'll be the all-time leading sack leader in Brown's he'll, history. Now, he'll now, be I ahead of MVP. He'll be ahead of Michael Dean. Michael Dean. Yeah, uh, now, I don't know if that's an indictment on the lack of – Play I think it's an indictment on a lot of things. Uh, uh, one of the things that I said about Miles Garrett when we drafted him was when you look at those particular, it's certain things, it's a lot of times you can't let the numbers fool you. It's a lot of times you can't let the numbers fool you. Just because a guy runs a 4 2 don't mean he's going to be a great wide receiver. Ronaldo yeah, he's got speed, but if you don't know how to utilize the speed in the, exactly. in the, in the pass game, like if you don't have a wide receivers coach who can develop this dude's, you know, routes and stuff, or if you don't have an offense that's patient enough. Remember Santonio Holmes? I kept telling my boy, uh, he was in the show a couple weeks ago. Mark Stover. Mark Stover hated Santonio Holmes for the first a year and a half of that dude's career, and I kept saying, Santonio is a flyer. Y'all are trying to teach him how to run a route. But he's in a great spot. He's got a good quarterback and a good uh, wide receiver in Heinz Ward who knows how to run routes. Just leave him alone, and he's going to become what y'all need him to. What did he go on to do? Catch probably one of the best the passes. Right. Maybe one of the best passes I've ever seen caught in the Super Bowl. Not because it was a great pass. It was a greater catch. Yep. It was a greater catch. So you sometimes get these fast guys that come out. So what did you're fast? So what did you, but Miles Garrett, the measurables on this guy were so ridiculous. You know what I said? I said, man, you got to take a shot at this guy because he might be legitimately once in a lifetime. So when is the last time we took a shot at the once in a lifetime guy? We Never. generally don't. We generally don't do that. We generally will just skip past that. Like, oh, well, we needed a more sound guy. What's more sound than a dude on the edge who's 6'4", 6'5", 270, and can run 4'5", and can jump uh, 46 inches? What? What? Man, if you don't draft that dude, Oh, we're not exactly. sure about his motor. Who cares about his? Listen, I'll replace his motor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you can't that's a no that's a no-brainer right there you know like yeah, it's like like man, those measurables you can't coach you just born you with can't that. coach that i was Thank just you. born with it but that comes with hard work too uh one thing i wanted Thank to point out we talked about the raiders defense earlier so the raiders defense is ranked 26th in the nfl here's the crazy thing right there are one two three four five six seven eight nine ten there are 11 teams that have a worse defense than the browns which i thought was impossible i'm like how is that even for what we've seen what we've watched the first seven weeks how is that remotely possible to have a worse defense but here's the thing you know what ends up happening you you know what ends up happening we take the those middle games where we went on that four game win streak you take the guesswork out of it because you know they're going to pass right so you right. just kind of dial up the blitz and we were playing kind of bad teams so that stops their run which means that you ain't getting no run yards from that point because we're up so right. big uh we were getting a lot of turnovers back then uh you know at that time going into the uh the Steelers game we had 12 turnovers which led the NFL so it's easy again this is another reason why stats don't always tell the entire story who did you play? How did you play? And what happened in those games? And when so, you look at it, so like the Browns are averaging, giving up 288 passing yards a game and only 92. When you put that in perspective, that doesn't sound all that bad in today's NFL. No. But I thought it was a whole lot worse as opposed to like the worst defense well, is Seattle. Well, Think now, about Seattle's it. giving up 368 yards per game and 110 on the ground. But Seattle is in a lot of games that are that are close or that they're they're being kind of uh that they're ahead by a lot. Like they they are they're in a lot of gunslinging games. Right. Uh so think about this though, Sean. Who do we who did we play in those middle weeks uh after we lost uh, the first so game Baltimore, the um, with, with Dallas, Cincinnati. We played twice. Dallas. We played Cincinnati twice. Uh, Joe, I, I, and we've already discussed it. Joe Burrow threw uh, almost a season's worth right. of yards <laughs> against right. the T Stone for like 800 yards on us. Uh, he had he had 300 and like 40 yards, and then he had 400 and some change, uh, respectively, in the first game and the second game. Then we played uh, Philip Old Man Rivers. Right. Uh, and we played against Dak Prescott. So in those games, Dak didn't go berserk on us. He, he, I thought he yes, was. Yes, yes, he did. He oh, yes, he did. Yards. He threw like yeah. Almost yeah. 400 yards. He threw so 500. That. That's well, almost 15, 500. That's 1,500 yards in two guys. So old man Rivers didn't do that. Lamar Jackson, who don't throw that much, didn't do he didn't that. Throw that much. And Big Ben didn't have a lot of passing yards. And Ben either. didn't have no super great game. So, okay. because he didn't need to. I mean, right. hell, they were, the game was over with after the second drive. Right. You know, once we threw the pick six. So, again, this is why the numbers don't speak to what actually happens in the games. Unless you watch the games. Right. Figure the games out. It just the seemed only like that we I know were giving up. Stuff that I'm just saying is because I watched yeah. the game. It just seemed like that that the way that it felt that we were giving up way more yards than but we are. Than Sean, that. we gave up 1,500 yards to two people. 
That is a lot of freaking yards. No, no, it is. But no, but I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about even in the games against Indianapolis and and uh, because we give them up when we don't need to give them up. Like in our no, minds, we like. I'm just saying it felt like we were still giving up a bunch, even to we to still those. are. <laughs> now, when you look at the numbers, you might look at the numbers like, oh, that ain't that bad. But remember the games when you give up. 800 yards to one person in two games. That's 400 yards a game. And he gave up almost 500 yards to another guy. That's 50, almost 2,000 yards to two people. There you go. That's all you ever need to hear about what the hell we do defensively. <laughs> and those ain't two like weird-ass games. No, right. those are two games that actually encompass who we are defensively. That's who we are. We stink in the defensive backfield. No, we do. Says our defensive. Back, this is why I said on that on that post I put on Facebook about us inquiring about Marvin uh, Jones. I think we're just kicking the tires on that. To be honest, I think Marvin Jones has he even played this year. I haven't heard his name at all. I don't know that he has or hasn't. I haven't watched. I, listen, I watched enough bad football being a Cleveland Browns fan. Um, I don't want to watch another bad team, which is the, the, the Detroit Lions, they're awful um, in terms of how they've been playing uh, recently, and I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs. At least the Browns have a, a, a shot at the playoffs. However, um, I think they're just kicking the tires on this guy. I don't think that they're trying to acquire him. I don't think they're trying to give up anything to get him. I do think we need another wide receiver. Uh, only because even with Kadero Haas coming back, it still only gives us four guys. Right. What if somebody gets hurt after the, the trade deadline? Like, OBJ's not coming back, so I think we might need to look, and I think they're doing their due diligence. I know you didn't feel like it was a great fit, but my thinking is if, if he's available and you can get him for almost nothing, take it. And I'm going to tell you another uh area that we don't play chess in the right kind of way as, as a team, uh, the Browns. You know, sometimes we need to just sometimes get people because we don't want the, the, the Steelers or the Ravens to get them because the Steelers and the Ravens are always there at trade deadline. They are, especially the Ravens. And sometimes we might need to just say, you know what, man, I'll trade to get that guy. I'll give up a, a fourth round pick to get this dude just to keep these some bitches away from him. And put ourselves <laughs> in a higher right. spot. You know what I mean? Give us the right. edge. Like, we don't play that game, and I think we need to start playing that game. These dudes just got Yannick and Gagwe. They don't play well against the run. Guess what they about to do? Right. But play better against the run. Like, you have to start not saying that we need to, we needed to have gone out and got Yannick and Gagwe, but yes, the hell we did because we don't have no linebackers. And I know he plays on the end, but I'll guarantee you that guy can play outside linebacker. Because that's what he's going to play there because they play 3-4. Hell, anybody can play outside linebacker better than the ones we got right now. <laughs> uh, at this point, although, you know, like Malcolm Smith has shown some flashes. B.J. Goodson has actually played they play okay. Good. They played they solid, play but they ain't played enough. To, nobody, listen. There is nobody going home with homework on B.J. Goodson. 
exactly. on the Raiders team. Nobody on the Raiders team is going home with homework on B.J. Goodson. They're not. not at all. And that's not a knock on B.J. Goodson. B.J. got to be the, 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 the type of player that he can be, but ain't nobody thinking about that dude. Right. Nobody. And, uh, you know, and, and we're, look, every time that our linebackers make a play, I go reach for my notepad like this. Linebackers did something today. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got to bring that up in the show. Man, you know That's what somebody had brought up? I think it was Garrett Bush um, on 92.3. I think he said the Browns have never had a Ray Lewis um, type linebacker. No, we could have. Yeah. We could have a bunch of times, but we didn't. Um, hell, we could have had a Ray Lewis type of Ray Lewis if the team would have stayed here. Yeah, exactly. But but that's, that's, a, that's not a whole even other story, right? Don't, yeah, don't, that's don't not even up, go there. Don't bring but, up that scar. But we we never had since like the '80s. We haven't had any impactful. Well, we could have had. What's the kid's name that went to uh, Carolina? Uh, that went to Penn. Keekly. Keekly. We could have had Luke Keekley. Honestly, we could have had, uh, damn it, what's the USC court, uh, linebacker? It's a bunch of guys we passed up. Uh, the, the USC linebackers, they had three linebackers that year. Come on, Ray Malou. Uh, he Malou ended up busting out. He never, he, he didn't but, out. But, but I'll tell you what, he was more hurt than he was bad. If he could have stayed healthy, because when he was healthy, because he was a problem. He was in Cincinnati. He was a yeah, problem. He was also he, he was also an alcoholic. Listen, do you think it's <laughs> stop it? Stop it. Let's cut it out. It's a bunch I'm of just saying he didn't need. Listen, one of the greatest players that have ever put on a helmet and pads. Don't bring him up. That's a whole Lawrence different Taylor. ball game. Lawrence Taylor. That's 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 a di that's that's different though. It's it, it's not you know why you know the only reason that is different? The only reason that it's different is because it didn't affect his play on the field. Yeah, because he he he's a generational talent. But he, he wasn't. A, listen, he was a good linebacker. He was a very good linebacker before he got all hopped up on uh, that co that narcotic. Now, once he got hopped up on that narcotic and none of that pain and none of them hits <laughs> was bothering him. Oh Come man. On, dog. And y'all mad at y'all mad at Barry Bonds. Listen, and I love Lawrence Taylor, but y'all mad at Barry Bonds for using a steroid, but that steroid don't do nothing for his hand-eye coordination. <laughs> 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 however, however, this dude takes a, 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 a drug that pretty much numbs him up to any effects of whatever anybody's doing to him, and then he can destroy. Right, the quarterback. Man, the documentaries on Lawrence Taylor are excellent. Man, it's it's such good material. Because when you watch them, because they always paint out I love it. as this as this bad guy. And no, he really was. He's not a bad guy. He was never no, he a really bad wasn't. guy. He was just hopped up on too many drugs. But the way he played, he played the game. I don't have any idea how he played the game so good, being that hopped up at times. I have no idea how he played the game that good. Now he wouldn't have been able to play that way, you know, during this era, because he would have been kicked out of every game after the first or second exactly. tackle. But right. he was in the right era in the '80s, in the mid '80s to uh, early '90s, uh, and he was incredible. 
I really, I feel like I grew up in the greatest era of sports, period. Um, I, I know so other too. people would, would argue that. I'm sure other people would argue it. And I, I couldn't argue back because I, I wasn't the same way. I put but, it the same way. Greatest era in, in um, sports and hip hop. That's another conversation. Hip hop ain't even a question. That ain't even a question. It's not even a music period. Not just hip hop, music period. I don't know that there was better music when we were from the time that we were kids to, to the mid 90s to 2000s. Well, music, music well, changed. you know, music the, the changed 70s, today. the 70s soul era was, was, was great, man. I think that no. might have been better than any. Bro, I'm not disputing that either because I think that what our music did was bring that back because it we did. sampled so much stuff. It did bring it back, um, yeah, yeah. And it also got us into certain jazz songs that we never, I would have never known, you know, some of the jazz stuff that I listen right. to now. I would have never Absolutely known. Absolutely right. I mean, it was funny because I'd be in my room listening to, you know, uh, Public Enemy, whatever, LL, and my father come into the room. He'd be like, man, ain't nothing but James Brown. I'm like, that's Chuck D. Ain't no James Brown. And then we'd be in the back of that car listening to WJMO. And yep. sure enough, a, a a James sudden, Brown record that. or Ohio Players record would come on. Yep. Like, oh, you okay. hear that riff, do you like what? Right. And then that made me go listen to my mom's. Yeah. A bunch of 45 and 30 exactly. I go pull them out, and that's how I exactly. got you know hooked on to that to that music. Exactly. Right. But um so, all right, man. So are, are we done with the Browns? Got anything we else done, that you man, want we to done add? with the Browns? And listen, this is why we don't have no call in show because I would have to cuss people out. We would never get through our entire show if we had a call-in show. Um, no, not at all. So let's 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 skip past the Browns. Uh, we we have that we've had that discussion. I think I've got enough off my chest, and let's move into uh, Ohio State this week. Um, my guys showed up last week, beat the brakes off of uh, Nebraska. It took a little bit, and we talked about that on Sunday, but. Uh, this week, we're uh, going into one of the places that I absolutely hate going into. I can't stand it. Um, the game, this game, I hate every single solitary other season when we have to go into Happy Valley uh, into Beaver Stadium and play against uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions and uh, nowhere Pennsylvania because I still don't know where Happy Valley like, Listen, where, where exactly is that in Pennsylvania? You hear what I just said? It's in the middle of nowhere. There's a mountain, and then there's mountains around that mountain. And, and a stadium. There's this stadium of uh, the Beaver Stadium in Pennsylvania, in Happy Valley. Uh, right now, as of today, earlier today, uh, we're 12-point. Uh, 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 Penn State is 12-point dogs, uh, really? which, is, which is quite weird for this game it's kind of weird for this game but i think it has a lot to do with i don't know how many people will be in the stands so it's right. not going to be quite the same and here's why i hate this game uh people if you guys don't know we've uh played penn state and penn state a number every other year we go to penn state and usually it's an eight o'clock game it's usually on abc and there's either a whiteout or a blackout and in every one of those stupid freaking games, we 
have the hardest time possible, no matter how great our team is, no matter how bad our team is, no matter how good their team is, no matter how bad their team is. It's one of the hardest games to get out of with a W for us. And they've played us so close. And if you don't think I'm telling you the truth, the last three games that we've played against this team and that stupid stadium during a blackout or a whiteout have been decided by a complete total of 11 points. Wow. I hate I hate going to Happy Valley. I hate it, Sean. I hate it too. It's, it's one of the most intimidating places to play um, in college football. Um, I think so. I and, think so. And, and we've had some of our most heartbreaking losses. We'll be on a roll. Yep. The hit come. It'll be about week week nine, week it's 10. Always, yep. It's always Late right in the before. season. We rank yep. number one, number two. Yep. Going there and we'll lose on some fluky stuff like a, a late turnover or something like that. A man. Block stupid the, a block, stupid yeah. field goal, yep. and they return it for the stupid two. Man, listen, I still ain't forgot that one. Right. And that crowd gets to going crazy. And I'm just like, man, it never fails. Now, a couple of times, but, but it feels good going there and get a victory, though. When you go in there and get win? one and shut that crowd up. Look, I always feel like if we can go in there and get that win, that, that says something about our our ability to, you know, potentially win, uh, you know, bigger and better games right. and forward. I think well, it's a good test, but this is going to be test. different because it's nobody. I don't know what the what the capacity will be. I didn't look that up. Um, I don't think much. Pennsylvania just started allowing fans. So I think the Steelers and the Eagles – had like 1,200. Um, so I don't expect many fans there at all. Uh, matter of fact, I don't even think it's a night game, is it? 7.30. It's a 7.30 game? Okay, it's a night game. Uh, one guy we had to look out for, because I did watch their game last week against Indiana. Um, this kid shot to Tony, defensive end. Yeah, man, what? Uh, the, the number 18. What? what? Now, now, he's the tr- now, he literally at one at one point in time destroyed three straight plays um, late in the game, which I thought were going to be, you know, game change, game over, what he did in that fourth quarter. But, you know, Penn State did a, had a couple of um, coaching gaffes in that game and let Indiana come back and win that game in overtime. But he's definitely one to look out for. Um, offensively, I've never really been scared of Penn State offensively, no matter who they've had, no matter what year. Um, looking at the quarterback here, Clifford, he had a pretty decent game. He threw two interceptions. He threw, he had two turnovers. Uh, Rushing-wise, he was a leading rusher uh, last week for Penn State, too. So um, I think with the athletes we have on defense, we should be able to, to contain um, Penn State. What do you think, man? What are you – Well, I mean – What are you looking for? Just kind of piggybacking on what you just said, or at least answering the question that you just – uh, asks. Um, my hope is that this week, uh, defensively, you know, last week we were, we didn't play bad, but I think, you know, that lack of reps and those, that lack of speed, seeing an actual game speed played against us early on. Um, and we were able to kind of pick it up later. So I'm expecting to see us pick it up a little bit earlier this time, if that makes sense. Like I expect us, I expect to see us make plays a little earlier now because right. we've gotten those reps out of the way. Right. 
you know, we've gotten those uh, those opportunities of trying to figure out and see actual game speed. You can't, for those of you who don't know, you, you really can't recoup uh, or recreate game speed in practice. You, you try as much as you can, but you really can't. So you go to other people's, uh, you know, you, you play against other teams and these guys are faster than what you thought because in game speed, it's different. Like those plays, these guys, if you play in any sports, the coaches slow down certain plays because they want to show you certain things that happen. So my hope is that on the field, what I see on the field from our defense, uh, I'm not that concerned with their offense either. But I'm hoping that on the field defensively, we're capable of, of keeping up with these guys. We've gotten a game under our belt. This is a tough game to come out and it be your second game. Like there's no, you know, usually for the Big Ten games, we have two or three games that you can just get your feet wet, you know, wet your beak a little bit and, and, and get into these games and you ease into them. So you ease in with, a, with an Indiana and that's or in Illinois, and that's okay. That's good enough. That's not what's happening this season. We're kind of listen. We we didn't jump into the four feet right now. <laughs> like we ain't deep into it, but we didn't jump into the four feet. Like the water right here on us. You have to show up and play this game. You have to play well. I expect to see a big game out of uh, of uh, Chris Olave. Um, I expect to see because. You know, I expect Chris to just impose his will on the offense, uh, on the offensive side. Uh, I expect our quarterback to show up as well. He had such a good game last week, and he really wasn't in a full rhythm. Right. He was kind of just, again, because the offense is a lot like the defense. You can't recreate that defense's speed as you're playing until you play it, but he played well. Justin played solid last week. He wasn't, wasn't anything to write home about, but I think it was, I think our offense was, it was Justin heavy last week. So yeah, I, I, remember you week, saying that. I think this week, yeah, I, I, I do. I think it was though. Um, and I think that this week we have to allow uh, Sermon, Trey Sermon, and Master T to run the ball and it just be them running the ball. I don't want to, and it's not to say that I don't want to see Justin uh, run. It's not, I'm not saying that. I don't want him to be the, the have the same amount right. of character. Just have him run in spots when, it, when it's necessary. Yeah. You know, I get exactly that's, what you're saying. That's my thing. And I think you need to let Wilson and Olave and this young kid. This young kid, uh, Njigba, I think his name is. I can't pronounce it. I'm trying to pronounce it right. But number 11 right. for Ohio State. Right. This, this, listen, what I saw in that cat last week in one catch lets me know how special this kid can yeah, be. Yeah, that's one of the best catches I've ever seen in college football. Ever. And that's, ever. Like, that's a lot. There's period. been some great, great, great catches, but that was one of the best. Just to have the awareness to still get, get that one foot in, man, that was incredible. And concentrate on catching. Tiptoe the line, never juggle the ball, and drag right. that foot all at the same time. Man, listen, that tells me a lot about that kid and his ability. So watch out for those guys. I think offensively we should be okay. 
but we have to put plays together. We cannot have a lot of three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. Give that right. team the the motivation and the thought that they can play with us. And another piggyback and listen, that I got for you, you gotta watch out for that shocker, Tony. Dude, he wasn't just disrupting what what Indiana was doing. This dude was disrupting everything. Because mm-hmm. there was times when he didn't make a play, but I was like, they go 18 again. Who is that? It made me, because, you know, Penn State don't have no names on the back of their jersey. <laughs> right. I had, to, I literally Googled who this dude was. That's how good he was playing last week. That dude, he had, I think he had seven tackles and two sacks, but, but, he actually caused more tackles and sacks. Right, exactly, man. He, he was, was going to get the whole line. He was blowing up the whole left side of Indiana's offensive yeah. line. Like they weren't even there, man. And uh, we do have to be careful because this is really the way this season trap. is. This trap. is Penn State's like bowl game. This is right trap now. game, dog. Because if they lose this game, their season is over with. So, trap game. This yeah. is a trap game for us. Yep. And it's a classic trap game. When you play a team, here's here's what trap games mean for, for folks who might just be tuning in and just want to hear people talk. A trap game is a game in which uh, a team should probably win on paper, per se, uh, and maybe even win on the field. But they go into these games assuming that that win is a simple win, an easy win, and the next thing they know, they're in a dogfight and damn near lose or just completely lose the game. So I think this is one of those games uh, for my Buckeyes. As you see, I'm repping. This is from uh, our uh, 20, what was that, 2017, 20, 2016 champion? No, 2015 championship. That's when that was. Yep. Uh, 2015. That was the last one. As you can see, you, can see the, uh, you know, the whole championship trophy right there. So, uh, you know, the Buckeyes have an opportunity to win this game, and I think they will. Uh, they're favored by 12. I don't necessarily see it at 12. I see it probably at nine-ish, uh, just because it's that game. It's this kind of game. Right. And we haven't had other games to filter through what might be wrong or who might fit better here and there. So I'm going to – I'm gonna. Uh, equate all of that stuff to say I'm, I'm looking at probably like a nine point game say like a 30 to 21 type of game I was about to go the same way I'm like 31 23 Ohio State I think we'll pull it out I think it'll be tight most of the way through the first half and I think we'll do enough to pull away at the end so you got 30 21 23 Ohio State over the Penn State Nittly Lion. What the hell is a Nittly Lion anyway? I don't know what a Nittly, I don't know the difference between a Nittly Lion and a Mountain Lion or a Puma or a regular Lion. Not a right. uh, College has the craziest, when it comes to their nicknames and stuff, they always have some crazy uh, history behind their name. Yeah, it's usually something crazy. Yeah. Uh, I know a, a few of them have been built off of uh, you know, things that happened in that territory when they were becoming states. Um, I, right. I forget which, which team. I think it's Missouri and, and Iowa. I You know, like one of their names came from 
some one of their names came from what they called them at that time in that territory. Now, I forget the teams, but I was watching this thing called on uh I'm a nerd, so I I watched this thing called uh uh the shapes of the states and in those yeah in that, how how, states, the, how the states got their shapes yeah 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 how the shapes got their states uh, how the states got states their got shapes. their shapes <laughs> so in that that's where I that's where I saw that. Uh, so it's kind of crazy, you know, even Ohio State-Michigan rivalry was discussed in that. Like, our rivalry mm-hmm. started with this issue over Toledo. Who gives a damn about Toledo? You can Toledo? have Toledo, right, exactly. Toledo. Y'all can have them. But it was only about to pour it on the, on the, on the water. But Ohio is right. almost completely and totally on the water in the northern border. And actually, on the southern border, too. But mm-hmm. I digress. So a Nimby lion is, like you said, it's a mountain lion, and it's named after um, there is a Mount Nittany in that area. So that's where they get the term the Nittany. Man, lion. whatever. It's the same type of dumb lion <laughs> with that raggedy cut. Now their their mascot probably has the raggediest costume. It's just like a, just a bad beat up. <laughs> Ratty rug, don't it? It's, it's awful. <laughs> Brutus is clean. Brutus is well clean cut. Brutus, listen, Brutus, Brutus is. is good. I think Brutus might be the most recognizable mascot in America. Well, you remember when they used to have the Capital One mascot yep. and you you could vote on the best. You, you know they took Brutus off. They of took there. him out. They took they him out because <laughs> Ohio State was was pretty much uh. Packing the votes, <laughs> but Brutus. it was the truth. We were the most recognizable. Everybody knows right. Brutus when they see, him. whether they love us or hate us. When they see Brutus, they know exactly who the hell that is and where he's from. You know, and I, I watched this whole thing about the, the evolution of Brutus. I can't even believe Brutus looked as tacky as he used to look. He used to look tacky back in the eighties, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think every mascot was tacky back then. Tacky as hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, Penn State's lion, whatever his name is, he's still tacky. Tacky as hell. Uh, <laughs> tacky as hell. Dude, he's like a bad rug, man. He's awful. Listen, he's awful. awful. <laughs> he looks worse uh, than Jopa's uh, 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 rug that he had on his head. Because you know that was rug right, all day. Exactly. All that shit was awful. All, All right, right. So, so let's let's move forward. Uh, we've we've gone through the Browns. We've gone through uh, our Buckeyes. Let's let's talk a little bit off off of uh, our favorite teams and just get into the World Series real quick. Um. So as everybody probably knows by now, the Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series. I picked the Dodgers to win. I was right again. Sean was wrong. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, hey, I had no idea that their manager was such an idiot. <laughs> Look, I'll, now I'll I had be no honest idea with you. that Kevin Listen. Cash was that dumb. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think anybody on earth thought this dude was that damn dumb. Um, but saying that, as we as we're gonna we're gonna kind of not we're not gonna dissect the entire series. We have to, however. If you guys saw the game or didn't see the game, we have to dissect game six because game six 
honestly, as a guy who called for the the uh, Dodgers to win, we should be talking game seven tonight. So that's how crazy game six was. So last night was game six. Uh, the Dodgers apparently had won uh, game five. Uh, and uh, it wasn't a, like a runaway game, but it was a good game, four to two. They're up three to two. So tonight or last night was the potential for them to win the series. We had uh, Gonsolin and Snell going, which was the exact same game two matchup. The same two guys went in game two. And Snell played pretty good that game. Gonsolin wasn't awful, but he wasn't great. Snell was awesome. And Gonsolin actually pitched really well last night. They both pitched really well. The only problem for Gonsolin is this dude decided to throw a bad pitch, one bad pitch to the wrong guy, uh, Randy uh, <laughs> A. Zarena. <laughs> All right? <laughs> and he drove that joint completely out of the building. Uh, and that gave the Rays a first inning lead of one to nothing in the top of the first. All that did, I don't know how much confidence uh, Blake Snell had going into the game, but that one run gave this dude all of what he needed. Right, because Blake and, Snell was flat out dealing. Man, God dang. I mean, dealing. And that, I mean, the, the, driven the, the, he was driven both. They, they could get no wood on the, on the ball at all. That's how great he was pitching, just throwing straight smoke and the Dodgers could do nothing with him. That dude was riverboat dealing, man. He was. But they had what, one one hit through, through six, something one like that. Hit. He was one hitting these guys through six innings. One hitting through six innings, like going through innings with like twelve pitches. Anybody who actually watches baseball. If you get through an inning with 12 pitches, you're like, God dang. <laughs> right. Like, that's. I mean, he was just mowing it down. You dealing, my, my G. So, Blake Snell, just to give you a little bit of background, he won the Cy Young in 2018. Uh, so, it's not like he's, like, this is some strange occurrence. The dude is used to being uh, a really good pitcher. pitcher. He just hasn't pitched that great in the last, say, season or so. Um, he's had his ups and his downs. He hasn't necessarily been the Blake Snell that won the Cy Young. But let me tell you something. Last night, that dude was the Blake Snell that could have won every Cy Young that's ever been handed out. Exactly. I mean, that dude was, and I was, I'm watching the game. I ain't talking about somebody who, <laughs> who you know, just kind of looked at a clip or a hot. I was watching the game and I'm sitting there like, God dang. Every bit, every batter, and every batter went up there with the same approach. And I don't care what their approach was. You're not finna hit this ball. John Smoltz was sitting in the booth talking about this dude. And like every other pitch, this dude was like, that was an awesome pitch. John Smoltz, Hall of Famer. Yeah, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. One of time. the greatest pitchers I've ever seen. Definitely one of the greatest pitchers in our generation, correct? Yeah. John Smoltz was in the booth like, oh, my gosh. Like, 
I don't even want to talk right now. Be quiet. Let's let this dude pitch. And he would pitch. And then he would give us comment in between the pitches. That's how good this dude. This is another reason why, you know, uh, baseball is about being uh, superstitious. He didn't want to, <laughs> he, he didn't want to talk while the dude was pitching. Right. <laughs> The most but superstitious sport on 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 it's the, the most it's the most bro but this cat was he was Roger Clemens Randy Johnson dealing like just witchcraft and but here's the crazier part it really wasn't witchcraft he was just placing the hell out of those pitches just placing the hell out of them just out thinking out chessing every hitter that he was facing. So here we go into the sixth inning. Again, top of the sixth. He has not had a problem at all. At all. He's going into the the eight, nine, and one hitters. He gets the eight hitter out. In comes Barnes, the catcher. He hits a, a kind of a bloop single into center field, gets on base. I mean to tell you, that goddamn ball hadn't hit the ground before. Right, and Ka- Kevin, Kevin Cash Ka- on his way out the dugout. Pulled his mask up over his face and just <laughs> took off. That dude went out there like, like uh, uh, he ran out to that damn mound uh, like Usain Bolt. Like, right. You couldn't I, get him out of there fast enough. Man! And I know that uh, Tampa has had a very good Bullpen. You know, I don't know if he was trying to rest Snell for his next start, but now his, his next, next start. start is sometime next season. Right, his next start would have been next season anyway. So it's all or nothing. So, so, so this is the point. Before I go any further, this is the point I have to stop my explaining how the game goes, and I got to get into this guy, Kevin Cash. They've he's notoriously had a quick hook for his guys because he loves his bullpen so much. Sean, tell me something, bro. And please, if you can, help me understand some stuff because I know that I don't always know everything. Was it so important to get to this damn bullpen? No, he panicked. And well, I won't say that he panicked, but that's what they've been doing all season. And he's trying to go with the formula and the and what the uh, analytics say when it's time to go to the bullpen instead of going with his gut instinct. That guy was pitching at the point where he wasn't going to lose that game, um, because he had the 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 Dodgers uh, hitters completely baffled. And as soon as he pulled him out that game, I said that's it. Uh, Dodgers are world champions. And what it happened? Poof. It was poof. Everything. <laughs> Everything fell apart, literally. Everything was that last. You're right. Yep. Yep. None. Yep. I mean, <laughs> and I think it deflated the um, the Rays too. I and that's you must have known where I was getting ready to go because I was getting ready to ask you. I was just getting ready to ask you because I got it written down right here. So, do you think that it elevated? The Dodgers more or deflated the Rays more? I, I think, think it deflated, deflated the, Rays. the Rays. Yeah, I think it deflated the Rays more. Bro, what are you doing? 
Here's the problem, and I put Kevin Cash now. Kevin Cash, uh, I I hand Kevin Cash. I'm gonna grab my water. This ain't the trophy. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the trophy up. But I hand Kevin Cash the Tito Award for <laughs> acting like the postseason <laughs> is the regular season. You win a Tito, homie. Stop thinking that the postseason is the regular season. It's a whole other animal. Terry Francona is notorious. And guess who else is notorious for it now? Sandy Alomar. You yep. do what I've always done. How many Didn't we just get into an irritation argument about two weeks ago about what it's always like? When it comes from a coach, sure stop it. Stop it. You have to know when it's the same. And you also have to know when to turn it off. That will irritate me until the end. And I don't like Tampa Bay per se. They're not my favorite team for sure. I don't like the Dodgers per se. Like I'm not against them, but I'm speaking as a fan of the game. Bro, your guy was coming up on the top of that lineup. This is how goofy, I'm not going to say dumb. I'm not going to call this guy dumb. I didn't watch him enough this year to call him dumb, but he also didn't end up in the World Series because he's dumb. I'm just going to say at some point, you got to throw conventional wisdom out of the window and go but with You can't say it was a dumb move. You can say that it one was, individual was move. I think it was a dumb move. <clears throat> I don't think he's dumb. I just think that was a dumb move. Right. Well, that's something he's going to have to live with until he wins the World Series. And yep. that's what he's always going to be remembered for. It's like Bill Buckner. Bill Buckner was a Golden Glove first baseman. But what is he most remembered for? Booting the hell out of that ball against the Mets. <laughs> that's it. So it's the same thing with this guy. You're the guy that made the pull. This guy had uh, 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 Snell had the record. They said he no other pitcher. I put it up on our page. The only other pitcher that threw the that was striking people out the way he was striking people out with the on-base percentage that he had, it was the highest in World Series history. And you took him out because he gave up his second hit in the sixth inning? Right. Not in the same inning. Well, in um... the sixth inning. John Smoltz, the John Smoltz or Buck made the comment. The difference between baseball then and now is that he said managers look for a reason to pull their pitcher out yep. of the game instead yep. of finding a he reason sure did. to he leave them in the game. Did. He absolutely did say that. Like now, they they're not looking for reasons to leave you in. Mm -hmm. They're looking for reasons to pull you out. Right. And Even the, the Dodgers were doing questionable things too. They they just got away with it because um, they were. Like the, they they used like four pitchers in the first, with like five innings or something like that. Listen, they were pulling man. them out left and right, and they but weren't Gosselin, giving up hits. But Gosselin, Gosselin, yeah, that one run that uh, he wasn't Gosselin playing bad. Won. You're right. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, Gonsolin wasn't playing bad. Then they kind of after they got through two other pitchers, they finally found like a groove, and then they pulled that dude quick once they got the lead, and went to Urias, uh, or Urias rather. I think that's how you pronounce it, Urias. 
but and he pissed out the rest like i think from seven eight nine right um, but uh here's here's just a few stats on on snell like I, i'm baffled by this i'm not a baseball manager i've never managed a baseball game i've never coached a baseball game so again i'm not attempting to say that i'm smarter than this guy but there's certain things that i do know that you just have to roll with at certain times the top of the lineup was coming up when they pulled Snell out of the game. Uh, the top four, which is generally the meat of your, uh, your lineup. It used to be a time when the meat of your lineup was uh, two through five. Now the meat of the lineup is kind of one through four. It's kind of shifting a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so Mookie Betts was coming up uh, at the top. He's, he's the top guy. Hold on a second. I wrote these guys down uh, in one of my notes. So you had Mookie Betts, uh, you had Craig Sager, a uh, Seager rather. You also had not Craig. I'm thinking of, <laughs> I'm thinking of Corey Seager. Yeah, Corey Seager, not Craig. <laughs> uh, you had Justin Turner, and then you had Muncie coming up in the fourth spot. This dude, uh, uh, Snell, had these guys hitting. Uh, 0 for 8. Prior to that hit, uh, he gave up to uh, Barnes. Actually, the hit because he gave up a hit to uh, Mookie. No, he he pulled him after that. So that hit he gave up to to Barnes rather. The top of the lineup was hitting 0 for 8 with seven strikeouts. You do realize wow. this dude had nine strikeouts total, and he got seven of them in the top four in the meat of the lineup. Why are you pulling? Let him see Mookie and just see what happens. And just see. Just see. And if he gives up another hit, then you pull the guy out. But sometimes I, and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, if, if you think something opposite of what I'm getting ready to say. Baseball is probably one of the few sports where, well, football can be that way too. But doing so much not to lose instead of just playing to win works against you. Oh, always. It always does. Um, I don't know. Like I said, that was just a very um, baffling move at that time. You got to just, I, I, I know analytics have been part of sports for a long time and it's definitely a needed part of sports. But at some point you got to use your instincts um, as manager, head coach, whatever, hey, know that. Yeah, like, like Charlie, my good. My good uh, what right. was that, Charlie? Charlie said that, and so did Butch. <laughs> my Butch Davis is about my, Kelly. My good we'll put Kelly in there. <laughs> I knew, I knew, man. I knew we was about to go three and thirteen soon as he did that. <laughs> that's another story. Um, this was a good feeling, but that was just a bad move. And then what happened? It was an error. After that, well, here's what something. happened. After, after that, so we'll yeah, we'll go into the rest of what happened. So after Barnes, the catcher, the ninth uh, hitter, uh, the ninth uh, slot hitter, he got the hit on uh, Blake Snell. They pulled Blake Snell. They bring in another pitcher. Uh, the next guy comes up. Uh, the next pitcher comes in rather. He's going against Mookie Betts, who I've told you was. Not necessarily having no uh, great series uh, average-wise. He was just doing everything else. All he did was come in and get another hit. 
uh, a double, by the way, got uh, now you got second and third when you didn't have anybody on base, basically uh, most of the night. I think uh, Snell had a walk that ended up on second or something like that. Something and they like ended that, up right. getting guys out. I think that was like in the third inning or something like that. That was the only threat. So now you got guys second and third and flat out scoring position, not just scoring to time, but the go ahead run is on second base. And now you have uh, Corey Seager coming. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a little bit of pressure, homie. And then that's when they threw the wild pitch. Yep, threw the wild uh, pitch. Barnes came in to score. Uh, so now we're tied 1-1 with Mookie Betts, one of the most dangerous base runners in baseball right now, especially in the postseason, uh, on third base. And um, at, I think at that time they had taken Justin Turner out. Uh, as we found out later, he – I think when they found out he tested positive. I don't know what the hell kind of – In the middle of the game, right. I don't know what the hell kind of testing they <laughs> that tells you during the game not when you actually test that you might right. have COVID, but however that happened, we find out <laughs> later that Justin Turner ended up getting pulled out because of COVID. So uh, I forget the other kid's name, uh, Garcia. I, uh, it's not Garcia, but it's, I forget his name. Hernandez, I think his name is. Um, he comes up, boom, he gets a hit or he makes contact and because there was a hesitation at first base, it was an infield hit. It bounces right down to first base, and there was just a little bit of hesitation. Mookie Betts just took off. He just took off and ended up scoring the go-ahead. And actually, that ended up being the winning run. Yeah. Because uh, that, that made it 2-1, and the, and the Rays never – like, literally, that happening after taking that guy out of the game, that killed every bit of spirit that that team had. You know, last a uh, couple of years ago when the Indians were there, because we talked about this with uh, the, the NBA uh, Lakers and uh, MLB Dodgers playing and winning a, a championship in the same year, the Indians were there along with the Cavs in 2016. We had a rain delay, a God, uh, something that you can't prevent kind of thing that happened that, uh, killed our momentum. Kind of killed. What it was we only did. a fifteen minute rain delay at that. But to have a guy on your team, a guy that supposedly leads your team, be the killer of that. I think that's worse. I think that's worse. And I don't know. I don't know how you develop like that trust, like as a player. I don't know that I trust this guy no more. And now as a manager, does he start to second guess himself going into next season, how he pitch or how he coaches and manages? Right. Yeah. You know, does he just allow him for team? a while? And you can tell that Snell was absolutely pissed when he put oh, him out that, that game. Was, listen, if, if he could have, he did everything. I, I give him some credit because I think he did everything in his power not to try to show his full emotion. Mm-hmm. But you can see it in his face. You can see it in his eyes. You can see it in his body language when he was standing over there. You can see it in everybody. Like, it legitimately sat. And then, of course, when um, Mookie came up in, uh, in the top uh, or bottom of the eighth and, and hit, hit that, that bottom. Yeah, that was it. 
it was uh, like it was game game, like game game, like ain't that nothing we we gonna do to to stop these dudes. Now. Right. And and that was initiated, initiated by your manager. The again, the Tito Francona Tito Francona award. award for I didn't realize we could lose the entire series playing like it was a regular season. Exactly from one boneheaded move. Goes All to right, man. man. Well, we want to go ahead and congratulate the Los Angeles Dodgers, <laughs> our 2020 Major League Baseball champions. Um, now we'll see what goes for it. Where baseball is like, do they come back and try to have, you know, a full schedule? Are they going to allow fans in the stands um, next year? That was the, um, that was at the least, only, um, real quick. I'm sorry to cut you off, Sean. No, but that was the only game, or excuse me, that was the. World Series was the only series that ever had fans at it, actual fans at it, all season long. That's what they said in, uh, during the broadcast last night. It actually surprised me because I thought well, they had some. They had some doing the NLCS, whatever oh, they, whatever okay. the games okay. in the bubble in Texas were. Okay, well that's what it was. That's what they said. Yeah, they, yeah, they had stadium, fans in that stadium was the only place that actually had. I think the Indians had fans the first game. No, none. I feel like they did, but maybe they, no, they didn't. No, it was but, that that stadium was empty the whole time. We wouldn't look. The it looked season. like it was look. It looked like it was a regular season game. Right, <laughs> right. That's a, you know what I'm not going into that, man. But uh, and then baseball actually, unlike the NBA, you know, baseball was able to end on schedule. So they have yeah a lot. They have a uh, you know a few months where they can actually plan out their course What's of action going into next season. And will they keep some of the changes? Will, will they keep that playoff format? Will I they like keep that the, format. I told you that. I too. like it. I like it, I, like it. I, I love um, that uh, best of three. That best yeah. of three was awesome. Also, they had some other changes, too, where extra innings where you had the guy start on second. They may keep that. That did. I, you know what? I was against that going into the season. But once I saw how it played out, it actually made things a lot more interesting. So let's see if they keep that. Because now you got your pitcher. That has to, you got to figure it out. You playing from the stretch, bro. That changes, yeah. that changes a lot. That changes everything. It changes the whole approach. So we'll see what happens with that. So I think next, man, we need to go ahead and do our um, NFL picks for next week. We need to review our picks from last week and then make uh, we, our picks for next week. We will get into those picks real quick. Where are they at? I, so I one game, the first game we had was um, the New York football giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I picked Philly and Philly won that game. Uh, I actually saw one of the most boneheaded plays that you'll ever see in the history of the NFL when Daniel Jones was running free and the invisible man on the turf Listen trip me, dude at about the 10 yard line. The only thing that's typical Giants. The only thing that was missing from that particular play was Yakety Sacks playing in the background. Uh, the the right. uh, the Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Like that's the only thing. Like I right. could not believe that that dude just fell down for no reason. Man. I, I was. I but see, but that's down. what happens, man. When you're just that bad, when that kind of stuff used to happen to us. That's what used to happen butt, to us look, all the time. The butt fumble. The butt. You know how bad the Jets were that year, and the butt fumble happened. Exactly. You can't, those types of things don't happen when you're when you're really really good. They only happen to exacerbate your badness. You're awful. Right. Who did Who did you pick that game? Uh, I picked the Eagles. 
uh, All right. for that game. So we both came out with a, with a dub on that one. So then we got Pittsburgh and the Tennessee Titans. I actually went Tennessee, Pittsburgh won. Actually, that game got a lot closer than it was earlier because Pittsburgh was running away with that game and Tennessee made a run. What did you have? Yeah. Uh, I picked the Steelers. Uh, okay. And uh, so we had the so Bears and the Rams. Yep. That's so, so, so so far, so so you you're two and zero so far. I'm one and one. Right. Um, Bears and the Rams. I picked the Rams, and they pretty much blew out the Bears. So no problem. The Bears are probably the worst five and two team. They are in the NFL right now. They are. Then and we I've had Seattle and Arizona in a wild game. And I met, I fell asleep on that game and ended the That fourth game quarter. was crazy. But Seattle has a crazy game every week, man. They're, they're always they some do. type of drama. They do. Um, DK Metcalf maybe had the best chase down um, in the history of the NFL. Maybe ever. Yeah. That was, man, that, that was a crazy play. Saved it. Now, even I mean, saved the dude, pick six. This dude ran this guy down for like 80 yards, dog. He ran this dude right. down 80 yards, man. Right. Full sprint. I picked, the I, picked, I picked Seattle, too, so I lost that one. And then uh, Browns and Bagels, we both, both picked, the picked the Browns. So I ended up three and two, which makes my record now 10 and nine. And that makes you, you should be, what, 10 and nine, too, I think, right? Yep. We both tied at 10 and nine. So we're both I went 10 four and nine. one. All right. Uh, All right, so what games so are that was, So that was last week's uh, picks, folks. As we move into this week's picks, we have the Indianapolis Colts, who just came off of a bye. They're 4-2. Uh, their last game, they lost to uh, our Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're going into Detroit to play the 3-3 three three Lions. What okay. you got, John? I'm going with the Colts because Lions ain't gonna win two games in a row. <laughs> I already know that. I'm just I don't even know analysis thing about that guy. Yeah. I, I love his in-depth analysis. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions ain't gonna win two games in a row. And listen, I can't even argue with that because I don't think they're gonna win two in a row either. I, I picked the Colts. I mean. You know, the Lions played the Falcons last week. I don't need to say anything else beyond that. Do exactly. I? Matt Stafford is the 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 epitome of mediocrity and uh, inconsistency. So he played good last week. I doubt that he's going to do that two weeks in a row, so I agree. Yeah, man. Matt Stafford throws a 4,000 meaningless yards every year. Every single year. The most meaningless 4,000 yards in the history and, of football. And, and 38 touchdowns. Right. And he, don't, and he don't win but six games. Right. Every That's year. crazy. That's crazy. Uh, uh, what's right, next so, on the docket? Uh, the next game is the Steelers, who are 6-0, and uh, going to Baltimore to play the Ravens at 5-1, oh. who's coming off of a bye. Okay. Well, you know, short of a sinkhole opening up at MTNT Stadium and sucking them both to hell. Which is, which is what we would both like to see. Right. We both love to see that. Um, I'm going to go Baltimore. Pittsburgh's due for a clunker. So I'm going, uh, I'm going Ravens. It's going to be the, the typical bloodbath, you know, that they have between those two teams. But 
Um, yeah, go on, Ratbirds. Yeah, I, I got the Ravens as well. I think the addition of what they don't do well is is defend the run, which is surprising. You would think that the the Ravens did well against that, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, Yannick Ngakwe is on the team now, and I think uh, that if he plays, I'm not even 100 percent sure that he's going to play. That's just going to shore up their run defense. Um, and if we see the Ben Roethlisberger that we saw, or even close to the Ben Roethlisberger that we saw in that game last week against the Titans, uh, the dude that threw three picks, the Ravens are going to win that game. So I, I picked the Ravens as well, right. uh, especially with them being at home. Um, all right, so the next game is uh, the battle of first place in the NFC East. We have the Cowboys at two and five going into oh, Lord. Uh, the link in Philadelphia, two, four, and one. The Philly. Eagles are in first place, by the way. Philly. One thing, yeah. we don't even know who's playing quarterback for Dallas. Uh, I think it's I think it's the janitor. What's, I don't even know what's damn name. It starts with a B. Yeah, it's it's, it's the janitor, dog. Just just it's okay. it's Tyrone. <laughs> it's I'm Javier. Going. It's Javier the janitor, dog. <laughs> I'm going with Philly because I don't think the Red Rifle will be ready this week because he looked like he was damn near dead after that hit against Washington. I tell I you what, he got concussed. Uh, that could have been one of the dirtiest plays I've seen in a long time. Right. Uh, it, that was pretty shitty uh, on that guy. I can't remember who did it. Boston. Boston. Did it. And uh, that was pretty shitty. You know, I'm not a I'm not a Cowboys fan by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, that was anybody go out like that. That was yeah, shitty. So I love seeing the Cowboys implode, just simply because I don't like Jerry Jones. Exactly. So, um, to see them have meltdowns and Jerry have a meltdown uh, during his press conference or radio show every week. Why does he have a radio show or a press conference? Yeah, it's it's, it's just it's just enjoyable. So I'm going with. Philly, Dallas will sink further into the abyss, and uh, the fact that Dallas does even have a chance to win that division is just an indictment on that. The fact that now. there's a team that's two, four, and one that's the first place in first that place, right? Tells you everything about that. Uh, Philly is probably out of the bunch the the best team, and they they're inconsistent. They look good for a couple of drives, and they look like a a a, a, a college team at other times. So. It's it's hard to say that they look good last week. And I don't, you know, they did look good last week comparatively to their other games. But the Giants they, gave that they were game playing the Giants. I knew, I knew the Giants was gonna find a way to get that game away. I just had that feeling. Yeah. yeah. I had that feeling. And that's, so. and that's and that's what I'm saying. Like it's hard to say, oh, well, they played good last week. Uh, because you know, and even though I I, I went on this big rant about the, the Bengals. You know, not necessarily being the greatest team ever, but we showed up. The Giants are a worse team than the Bengals are. Like wholesale team, the, the entire team is worse than the damn Bengals. The Giants are awful, and they're coached bad. I don't know that the coach is the problem, though. I just think that their personnel is awful right now. Right. So. But it's hard to gauge how good uh, Carson Wentz played last week 
based on what we saw in that game against the Giants. So now going against the Cowboys, he's got two weeks of almost scrimmaging. This is two scrimmage games almost. <laughs> Pretty much. In which he can get Pretty himself much. together and put his team back in some level of respectability. I don't think they're going to win no right. Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to do nothing in the no. playoffs. Because apparently uh, if they stay in first place, they're going to go to the playoffs. But um, I just I just think that you want to at least be respectable on your way there. So I think this game will be another another opportunity for for them to figure that out. If they lose this game, I, I don't know what to say for anybody in that in that damn division. But exactly. I, I, I picked the Eagles. I picked the Eagles. In that right. game. So what's game number four? Game number four is the Saints, uh, who are four and two, going into Soldier Field to play the five and two Chicago Bears. What you got, bro? That's a tough one. The Saints go. It's in Chicago. It's in Chicago. They never. The Saints never played well outside on grass. They never historically. They never have. Um, the Bears, despite um, their inept offense, they do have a pretty good defense. So I'm gonna go Chicago. And I agree. Uh, the Saints tend to play poorly outside, uh, outside of the dome. They damn sure play poorly outside of home. However, after having watched uh, that Monday night game, the Bears' offense is horrendous, and I don't know where the potential that they can be better is right now. I don't know where that's at. So yeah, because, there's no confidence in Matt Nagy right now. It's a lot of yeah. infighting really between Nick Foles and Nagy, where Nick Foles is pretty much caught out the coach and said those plays are horrible. And these but are and all this is I saw was, right. And like, pretty much all I saw Nick Foles overthrowing dudes by 25 yards. Um listen, they're not the good. They're um, not good. Like that offense is not good. Um uh kind of echoing some of the things that you just said, I thought that Nagy and, and, and Foles were cool. That was one of the reasons why he went to Chicago or wanted or didn't have an issue going to Chicago, restructured his deal to go, you know, play there. And now he's there and he realizes that, you know, it's almost like somebody invites you to a party. You know, your boy call you up. They're like, yo, man, you need to come to this party, man. There ain't nothing but hoes in here, man. Right, 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 right. You get to the party and it's like skanks. Ain't no, ain't no quality. It's like you know. You first of all, the party is is, is in Morris Black, and then you know, you, <laughs> you know, you like wait a minute. Anybody who don't know, I, I know some people gonna be offended because I know some people who stay in Morris Black. <laughs> but oh, just man. saying, Morris Black ain't no place to play with. That's one of the uh, one of the rougher, tougher uh, projects in Cleveland. You don't really want to be messing around there, so. Sorry for anybody who might be a little bit upset. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And finally, the Browns versus the Raiders. Um, I'm going Browns and a tight one. I think I'm going to say 31-28. That's my go-to score. Wow. 31-28. I'm going 31-28 Browns. I think wow. it's going to go back and forth. Because uh, our, def our defense can't stop anybody, man. So, um, 
and the Raiders have weapons. They got speed too. Well, you know, a whole lot they of speed. They do got speed. They do have speed. Yep. So I mean, on, on paper, I mean, the, the 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 Raiders have a pretty formidable offense. It's just defensively where they struggle. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 but I think we're gonna pull it out. I think we got a little momentum going, so I'm going 31-28. Uh, I'm picking the Browns as I have all season. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a bit closer. I got 27-24. Uh, I think our our problem is going to be Waller, uh, especially if he stays healthy throughout the game. Waller is going to – we don't have anybody that can cover that guy. I mean, most teams don't, and that's not even a knock on our team. We, most teams don't have a guy that can cover that guy. That's how good he is. He's uh, he's big. He can catch. He's athletic. He's fast, uh, and that's always going to pose a problem for our, you know, our type of team. We don't have anything up the middle. We don't have a good middle linebacker per se. We don't necessarily have any safeties. You know, Ronnie Harrison as decent as he plays is a little guy he ain't he ain't a you know uh uh earl turner uh excuse me uh, you know earl thomas rather who's a, at least a five almost six foot guy five eleven six foot guy with some size ronnie harrison is a, is a small guy he's like my size five ten 190 pounds 200 pounds maybe Man, what the hell are you gonna do against Waller <laughs> once he once he brushes past you, once he turns that shoulder? You know what I mean. So it's gonna be hard uh, for us to stop that guy. However, I think that because of the inconsistencies of uh, of uh, their quarterback um, and of their offense, they don't as good as they are on paper. They don't always play that great. Like David That's Carr, true. David Carr is David Carr. And he might, hell, he might even start out the game hot. I know the last time we played them, I was out in Vegas when they played them. Uh, they played them in Oakland. We and got cheated. They, they, we did get cheated that game. We absolutely got cheated. They stole a game from us uh, for sure. We had a first down on that fourth and one, and they, they somehow figured that we didn't get it. Or they somehow said we didn't get it, even after going to Secaucus. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of like fuck Secaucus at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, David Carr had a huge game that game. I think he threw for like 350 yards that game. Um, it was it was a it was kind of a wild back and forth type of game. It was. Um, I I might expect to see some of that from him. Uh, on Sunday, but I, I still think the Browns are going to pull this thing out. 27 to 24, because I think when the pressure is on Carr, I don't know that Carr can make the plays. And I expect a, a kind of a bigger game out of uh, out of Miles Garrett. I mean, again, I'm expecting, look, every week, I'm standing in line with my with my singles at hand. I'm waiting on the script club every week. Script club. I'm waiting on the script club every week. <laughs> All right. That's just me. All right, folks. Well, um, there you have it, unless you had anything else to add, RP. Uh, I don't have anything. Wraps. Um, I think if I have anything, you know, next time we 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 convene on a Wednesday, uh, we're definitely gonna have to 
because you brought up something a little bit ago about the Major League Baseball's season and how they're going to, you know, come back together, even though they're kind of on their regular uh, progression. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, cycle. That's what I was looking for, a regular cycle of how their season ends and going into the offseason. Our other sports aren't necessarily that way right now. Not right now. Definitely not basketball. So we'll talk about that because I actually put a, a an article up that was detailing some of the things that they're talking about. Some of it is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if you read it, but take a look at it. We're going to talk about that as well. Um, but not on Sunday because Sunday is going to be all about the Browns and how we how we work. Uh, through these, I'll uh, kick the Raiders' break. ass, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's look. Yeah. That's what we're hoping to talk about. So, uh, thank you guys uh, for listening again. Go to. We got so many mediums that you can reach us on now. Uh, the podcast is being streamed on multiple uh, podcasts, from Apple to iTunes to uh, Spotify, Anchor. So, any of your uh, Google uh, podcasts as well. So any of your podcasts that you might use, if you want to tune in to where we are, you guys can go to our Instagram page, two guys and a mic 216, and uh, hit on our uh, link tree link, and it'll take you to every single solitary one of our uh, podcasts, as well as our YouTube page. Go to it, subscribe, uh, love us, like us, hate us. I don't care. Comment. Do it all. We don't care. <laughs> It just lets us know that you guys are listening and that you guys uh, even care a little bit. Um, we appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Sean, you can take it from here, bro. All right. So that will wrap up another edition of Two Guys in the Mic. This is our midweek edition. Um, and we hope to um, see you guys on Sunday, hopefully after a Browns victory. So once again, thank you to everybody for their support. And uh, you guys have a good rest of your week, and we'll see you on Sunday. All right, homie. Peace out, man. Love you. Uh, love you too, man. Take it easy. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.